This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, the Worth Recovery podcast. My name is Amy. I'm your host here, and I'm a sex addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And uh, I know that you've probably been wondering, Amy, where are you? What's been going on, right? Because it's been a while since I've released a podcast episode. And uh, and I'm excited to be back with you and share a little bit of my journey, kind of what's been going on. I promised myself when I started this podcast that... I would always be very authentic and real. And sometimes that has meant different things um, as we've gone through the rounds here uh, for the last almost three years. Can you believe that? Two and a half years I've been podcasting. And uh, and so I'm excited to be back with you. I'm excited to share some information with you and to talk to you about our topic today, which is getting current. Getting current. And I feel like I need to sneeze. So if I sneeze, I'm sorry. I don't know about you, but when I first started attending meetings, I heard this term all the time. I need to get current. I just need to get current Um, in during sharing at meetings, during phone calls when people would call me, uh, during conversations, just this whole concept of I need to get current. And I learned very early in recovery that getting current meant sharing my present struggle with others. Whatever it was that I was currently struggling with, I would put it out there in the universe and share it with other people. And I, it was weird to me at first. (laughs) Maybe it was weird to you at first. I don't know, but it was weird. It was weird to me, but I learned to kind of understand why, and it started to feel good to me. And I understood kind of what we were doing in the process. Uh, And while I was preparing this, I, I looked up the words get and current in the dictionary just to kind of see what it meant. And get, of course, means like if I want to get something, right? I want to experience it or I want to receive it. I want to hold on to it. I love that idea about getting current, meaning to experience the current reality or receive the current reality, holding on to that current um, reality, whatsoever, whatever current means. When I looked up current, it said belonging to the present time or happening or being done now, right? So I want to experience what's going on now, what's being done now. I want to receive what's going on now, what's happening now, what belongs to the present time. And I want to hold on to the present time and the current, right? And so getting current, right, kind of means that whole process of experiencing, receiving, holding on to what's currently happening for me. And I would say also getting, receiving, holding on to, experiencing what's happening with the current reality for other people, right? As we, as people get current with us, then we're able to kind of hold on to that, that present time with them and understand what's going on for them. Um, Now, this whole concept of getting current uh, took on a new meaning for me last spring uh, when I was at a spring uh, intensive. Uh, We do... I do lots of different intensives and things like that, but I was at a spring intensive uh, with the wonderful Jackie Pack, and we were talking about functional adulthood, 
What does it actually mean to be a functional adult? What do functional adult relationships look like? We were talking just kind of about adulting and and how that works. And she said that one of our responsibilities in adult relationships is to get and stay current with those people that we're in those relationships with, whether that's a partner, a spouse, whether that's just friends, not just friends, whether that's friends, whether that's family, whatever that relationship is, if it's going to be a healthy adult relationship, we have an obligation, she said, a responsibility and an obligation to stay current, to get and stay current with these people in our lives. That blew my mind, blew my mind because the fact that we would have an obligation to do that, um, you know, she told us about a story, stories about her and her husband and how they have these, you know, kind of talking dates. And she would say things like, hey, I just need to talk with you about some of the things going on in my head. Can we go out to dinner? And and she would just, you know, have these dates where they purposefully tell each other things that they've been thinking about, things that have been going on in their heads, things that they've been struggling with, new ideas, new concepts, things they've been reading. Just they have these opportunities they create, I should say, these opportunities where they get and stay current with each other. And that that's part of our relationship and obligation in an adult, functional adult relationship. Now, that was a foreign concept to me because I grew up with this kind of rhetoric um, or this kind of thought process being modeled for me. If he really knew me and loved me, he would fill in that blank, right? He would know that he needs to wash the car. He would know that he, that I have this expectation of blah, blah, blah. Like he would know that I need this. He would know whatever the deal is. If he really loved me and if he really knew me, then he would just know, right? Basically taking the responsibility and the obligation off of me. Or maybe, you know, this was what was said as I shouldn't have to tell you what I want or what I'm thinking, Um, that was a very commonplace statement in my home growing up. I shouldn't have to tell you that, right? I shouldn't have to tell you that, that this is the expectation. I shouldn't have to tell you basically saying you should be able to read my mind. I shouldn't have to tell you these things. Um, again, shifting the blame, not from me, not, and not even blame, but shifting the responsibility that I have to get and stay current onto someone else by saying you should know, I shouldn't have to tell you these things. Or another common statement that I hear all the time is, we live in the same house. You should know how I feel about blah, 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 right? You should know what kind of cereal I like to eat. You should know these things about me because we live in the same space. We occupy the same space. Again, shifting that responsibility that I have to stay, get and stay current to someone else. Like you should just pick these things up because we live in the same house. You should know these things because we live in the same house. And that was kind of the modeling that I had as a child. And this idea of getting and staying current kind of blew my mind when I thought about it as part of an, a functional adult relationship. Maybe that's how you feel or felt in the past. Uh, I'm here to kind of burst that bubble for you today. That any of that thinking, like if he loved me, if he knew me, right? Um, I shouldn't have to tell you. We live in the same space that... But all of that's not adult behavior. That's very childlike behavior. Because as a child, we can't speak our needs. And we're dependent on adults in our lives to to help us to learn to speak our needs and to help us 
give us the vocabulary and give us the skills to to be able to talk and negotiate and, and figure things out. And and maybe we weren't modeled. Maybe that wasn't modeled for us. Maybe we weren't given those skills, right? Um, maybe our parents just continue to take care of our needs without really helping us learn how to speak them. But if we want healthy adult relationships, we have an obligation to get and stay current with those people in our lives, whether that be partners, spouses, friends, family, whoever that is, we have an obligation as an adult to get and stay current with these relationships. Again, I love that definition of what that means of getting and staying current, that we're going to experience, receive, hold on to the present moment, the current situation. Usually we talk about that in kind of Uh, at least in 12-step groups, we talk about it kind of with a negative connotation, like I need to get current, meaning I need to tell you what I'm struggling with. But I also think that there's that piece of getting current that says, this is the gratitude that I feel right now, or this is the love that I'm feeling, or this is the excitement that I have about these things coming up. Whatever it is, we have the obligation to get and stay current with the people in our lives if we want to have adult relationships. Now we start learning this in 12 step groups. We go in, we sit down, we share, we get current. It's easy to avoid doing that, but we see others do it. And so we start to do it and we trust and we just start to take those actions and steps. This is one of the first steps to reversing this intimacy disorder that we have in our lives that has kind of manifested as a sex addiction of some sort. We start to share authentically who we are, where we're at, what we're doing, what's going on in our present life, and what we're doing about that. Now, I know that this is hard. I know that this is very hard. This whole vulnerability thing is one of the reasons we have a sex addiction in the first place. Because some of the things that go through our heads, what if someone laughs at us? What if someone tells us we're crazy? What if we, what if what we say sounds stupid and we get rejected? Um, we also start, um, that's not what I was going to (laughs) say. What if we get rejected? We have all these fears that go through our head and the fear is legitimate people because it's probably what happened to us in the past. We tried to voice who we were, what we were doing, what was going on, what our opinion was. And in some way we were laughed at, we were rejected. And so that has been probably our past reality. But we have to take the steps to try to reverse that. And so we start. We take the risk in a somewhat controlled environment, in a 12-step meeting maybe, and we slowly, hopefully, we learn that we're not alone, that we're not crazy, that we are not stupid, and no one laughs at us. Though they might laugh with us, I've had that experience for sure, but they don't laugh at us and we start to feel better. And after doing this for a few weeks, we start to feel way better because we start to realize that being current with the people in our lives is helpful for us. Being current and understanding what we're going through and what we're struggling with helps us. And over time, we start um, to want that kind of acceptance that, that we feel in 12-step meetings in other areas of our lives. Because as we share our current reality, there's an acceptance that comes into our lives. It's one of the steps of self-acceptance. 
And getting current, we own, we start to begin to own our lives. We take responsibility for what we're thinking, what we're doing, and how that is impacting just not only us, but the people around us. And we start to accept the reality, the current reality. We hold on to, we experience, we receive reality, the current time, belonging to the current moment. When we start to accept our current reality, we can change. No change happens without acceptance. We have to accept that reality first before we can even start to change. And getting current is an essential tool of recovery. It's one of those very first fundamental things that we start to, uh, tools that we start to accumulate in recovery of understanding where I am today in this moment. Not ignoring it, not brushing it off, but bringing it out and saying, this is where I'm at today. This is how I feel. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what's going on. And as we learn to do that over time, we start to accept ourselves. We start to accept others. And that self-acceptance gives us the opportunity to start to change. Because until I experience and accept the current reality, I can't change. That um, what I'm ignoring continues to rule my life. And until I can learn and accept that, I can't change. And so today, right, I want to take an opportunity to get current with you about a few things that have been going on in my life. Um, if you follow Worth Recovery or have been for a while, you know that my podcasting has been spotty <laughs> the last little while, um, probably actually for, I don't know, the last 18 months, I would say. Um, in 2016, when I started podcasting, I came out of the gate with so much inspiration and motivation and drive, and I was really excited about sharing my story and helping others. And for months, I diligently released two episodes a week. Um, like clockwork, Tuesday and Friday just came out every week. And then life happened and my mom was diagnosed with cancer. I was the prime, I became her primary caretaker and my energy was siphoned off into a million different other places. Um, taking care of her, taking care of my family. I, I have that dysfunctional, like family caretaking rescuer role in my family and, And there was just a lot of things, a lot of things that happened. As she declined, it became worse and her passing eventually came about a year later. It brought out some of the darkest days of my life. Um, I knew that, I knew, you know, that there were issues with my relationship with my mother. We had worked to uh, alleviate some of that and work through some of that. And then her passing came and... Uh, The whole left in my life and in my heart was just dark and immense. And it was really difficult. The last year has brought some of the hardest days I've probably ever experienced. Even compared to like my early recovery days, I would say that I've had probably some of the darkest days uh, this last year of my entire life. And uh, I thought... I'm one of those people that like, I kind of, you know, pull myself up by the bootstraps, whatever that means. I don't really even know and push through it, right? I'm a pusher. I push through things. And, and so this last year has been full of a number of false starts as I've tried to push myself through things, thinking that I could make it happen. 
and then I could restart my podcast. I could restart my life. I could, I could just do all these things if I just kind of forced and pushed myself through it. Uh, and then life kind of intervened again. And this last summer I had some worth recovery events planned and the summer in general just didn't go quite as I had hoped. Um, I felt really discouraged. There were, uh, some, really discouraging family events that happened. There were some really just discouraging things that happened in general with my business and and just a variety of things that I really struggled with. And then towards the end of the summer, um, I received my first really negative feedback about my podcast and about Worth Recovery as a whole. And that was really hard for me. That was really, really hard. Um, I, yeah, yeah, it was so hard. And so a few months ago, as the leaves started to fall, uh, started to turn really, not just fall, but kind of turn colors and the weather started to get a little cooler. Um, I also had this kind of dark cloud sink into my soul and my heart as the grief returned, as I anticipated, um, the one year anniversary of my mom's death. And, uh, And I knew uh, that I needed to do something. I knew I needed to do something. (laughs) And so I pulled back. I took a step back. I needed some time to ground myself and kind of reevaluate what I'm doing, where I'm going, uh, why I'm doing things, what's happening. I did so much. So I took, I took almost three months off of podcasting and I did so much reflection on who I am, why I'm doing what I'm doing, what is missing from my life, where I want to be and go. I read books. I love to read. You know that. So I just devoured books. Um, I met with my friends, my therapist, my business coach. I slept a lot, a lot. Some days I felt barely functional. I met with doctors to see if there were other issues at play, hormones, thyroid, etc., which there were. And I spent a lot of time meditating, thinking, writing, praying. And more than that, I've spent a lot of time crying. <laughs> I'm a crier. I'm okay with that. And thinking, cleaning things out. I cleaned out my entire office. Evaluating. And finally, at the end of all that, making some decisions. And that brings me back here to you. <laughs> to podcasting to sharing my story, my life, to hopefully inspire and help and serve you. I've recorded so many episodes while I was away, to be honest. So many different episodes. 12, I think. Um, But I've just needed some space and I've needed some privacy to work through some of those things for myself. Because as I started, I promised myself that I would always be very real and authentic on this podcast. And what that means is the level of vulnerability and exposure of my life to you. And though that's a controlled exposure, you know, I only expose you to what I really want you to know. <laughs> um, there has to be a level of being current with you in order to for this to really be effective. If I just put on a happy face and if I just push through things... And if you don't see the dark days of my life, and if you don't see everything, then I'm not really being honest, and I'm not really being congruent, and I'm not really sharing with you the things that have actually changed or impacted my life. 
And so the last three months have been dark and also have been really, really great. And this next layer, for me at least, of denial and dysfunction has been pulled back and exposed um, in my life. And I needed some time to work through that. And so I wanted to thank you, first of all, for giving me that time, um, for allowing me to do that. Uh, I want to thank you for asking about me. So many of you sent me emails, text messages, or um, comments on my podcast, just asking like, are you okay? I hope you're doing well. Sending me well wishes, thoughts, and prayers. I have felt so supported through this struggle the last few months. And even though I've pulled back and isolated, I do have people in my life that I have been able to be honest and vulnerable with, and I've been able to talk through a lot of these things and to stay current with. And that has required a level of intentionality it's easy for me to call people and think that I'm going to, you know, talk about my struggle and then I ask a question and they just start talking about things and I just let them talk and I ask questions about their life and I, that has been, that's my default setting is to talk about you. I don't want to talk about me. <laughs> my default setting is to talk about you um, because I don't want to expose myself and I don't want to talk about what I'm struggling with or my vulnerabilities. And so it's required me to practice getting current and to call my friends and say, hey, I need to talk about this. When can we meet? Or to talk to people in my life and really be intentional about sharing what I'm currently struggling with. And I have felt so supported through this whole process. I'm excited to share some of my experiences that I've had with you over the next few months through podcast episodes. Some of the things I've learned and some of the things I've had to relearn over the last few months um, have been so valuable and important to me and super intense. And I'm excited to share some of that with you. Some of the pain and mostly a lot of the love and a lot of the hope. Because that, the love and the hope, is the entire reason I started this whole journey to begin with. I recently had an opportunity to share, my life has always been super segregated. Uh, there's a group of people that know about my recovery, and there's a majority of people in my life that have nothing about it. And I have felt the need the last few months to bridge that gap. And, uh, and as I've prayed about it and asked my higher power about it, an opportunity came into my life a couple weeks ago uh, for me to do that. And a woman that I attend a, a church with, my congregation uh, that I go to church with, after our services, she came and just sat with me and um, I could tell that she was just struggling. And I said, hey, you know, what's going on? And she just started to kind of share uh, some of the stuff going on in her life. And turns out we have a lot more in common than we thought. <laughs> Um, a lot more in common. Um, and this woman has a, you know, um, struggles with some of the similar symptoms of sex addiction that I would say I do. And, uh, and I remember listening to her and thinking, okay, so what am I going to choose? Am I going to choose to just empathize with her and hold her and say that, you know, I'm sorry that that's happening to you? Or am I going to choose to say, wow, yeah, me too, me too. I struggle with that too. 
And after, and I, there was a level of risk, you know, involved in doing that. Um, and so I took a deep breath and I thought, you know what? I want to live congruently. And, um, and I know this about myself and I've accepted where I'm at. And here's a woman who needs some hope and needs some light in her life. And so I took a deep breath and I said, me too. And the surprised look on her face was, was hard at first. And then I just shared like, you know what? Me too. I've struggled with this my whole life. And here you can hear my story if you want, and you can do these things. And we cried together and we talked a lot together. And she sent me a message later that week that just said for the first time in her entire life, she didn't feel alone in her struggle. And it hit inside of me that moment when I had that moment just resonated back to that moment when I sat in my very first therapy meeting or my very first 12 step meeting. And I heard other women speak my language, like speak to my soul and say, me too. You know what? Me too. I, I've struggled with that. And that is why I do this. That is why I share my story. And that is why I podcast. And that is why I want to return to podcasting because There are so many of us out there who sit alone in our struggle and we never have the opportunity to get current and we never have the opportunity to share with others. And I want to be one of those voices that you can listen to and say, wow, me too, me too. So I want you to know that no matter where you are at today, No matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this very moment, there is hope for a different future. And with that hope, I want you to know that you are worth recovery. You're worth that. I know that. I know that with everything inside of me. No matter where you're at today, I hope that you have the opportunity to get current I hope you have the opportunity to feel your love, the love that the rest of us have for you and feel your own worth in that process. I want you to know I think about you all the time, even with the three months I didn't release an episode, but I think about you. I pray for you and I love you until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.